Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. Hey, Launch University community, Jeff Henderson here with you along with David Farmer. And first of all, thanks again for being a part of this community. We love to hear comments from you. And, and David and I, we were talking about, we just love when people just stop us and go, hey, I was listening to the Launch University podcast and it said this. So that's, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. When I get one of those, it makes my day. So wherever you are, I, I was in a conference in Nashville not too long ago speaking at something and a few of you came up. So thanks for being a part of this. And these are the early days of Launch University. So we're so grateful. And we're, what we're most grateful for is if any of this can help you take your good idea, turn it into reality and sustain it. We just believe the world needs better ideas. And we believe you're one of those people that can help make that happen. To do that, we're going to have to take on more. And that's really what we're going to talk about in today's episode. How do you take on more? How do you create capacity so that you can do the ideas that you have? And many of you have a current day job. And the classic example of an entrepreneur is that somebody is actually working a day job and then later on they're creating this side hustle that eventually becomes a company or uh, a nonprofit. And there's not a better guy on the planet in my, in my uh, humble estimation that understands how to do that than David Farmer. Dave, I, I really think we've kind of coined this word entrepreneur and yeah. talk a little bit about that because I think sometimes we talk about entrepreneurs and we assume that they have to be outside of an organization or they launch something. But I think you're a great example of entrepreneur. And I've had so many people say, Hey, I've listened to launch university. And that's the first time I've heard this term. So tell us what entrepreneur means. Yeah. Well, the first time I ever heard it, I was actually interviewing for Chick-fil-A. Let's just say many moons ago at this point in time. (laughs) And um, they obviously had some um, serious questions about my ability to add value. So they had me go meet with an industrial psychologist, Dr. Tim Irwin. And you know Tim. I do. He's an awesome guy. He's written some wonderful books on leadership. And so anyway, he had me go through a whole battery of assessments. Uh, It was fascinating, quite honestly. And at the end, he sat down and he he debriefed me. I'm not sure he told me everything. He told Chick-fil-A everything, but he told me what I needed (laughs) to hear, I guess. they still hired you. I know. Uh, But he's the one that said, you know, David, I think your strengths are around entrepreneurship, which was a word I'd never heard. And so he defined it as someone that has entrepreneurial tendencies, but they like to practice those in the context of some existing structure. So what that might mean is, hey, I work for an organization. I'm not starting a new business, but I am driving change within that organization. And Tim's good at what he does, and I actually think it was a pretty fair assessment of the way I like to operate. I'm not always the guy to just totally create something new from scratch, but I love building on what might already exist and thinking about where could we go next. And can I add a thought, um, listening to your introduction, maybe our listeners, maybe you're not trying to start anything else new. You're just trying to keep it going, but maybe your life circumstance have changed and your life is more complex. Like I talk to people, young couples, and now they're having kids. And so how do they do everything they're trying to yeah. do? Well, hey, now I'm trying to raise kids. And that's real, too. We've lived through that. Absolutely. So th- this idea of taking on more doesn't just mean you have to start something. It can. But in all likelihood, you're going to have to take on more responsibility, whether it be at work or at home or a combination of the right. two. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to David about this, he works at Chick-fil-A, has a massive job, but recently the organization asked him to take on some more responsibilities, and we won't get into the details of all of that, but I do want to unpack principles, David. So you already got a 
you know, very important, thorough, very busy job. Now they've said, hey, we actually want you to do, and what they've asked you to do is gigantic. How do you not get overwhelmed? How do you even say yes to that? How do you create capacity? So as an entrepreneur at Chick-fil-A, you're able to figure it out and say yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you when um, I work, uh, the guy that I work with is John Bridges. He is my boss. And when we sat down and talked about this, I was so excited, honestly, mm-hmm. um, just because I knew, oh, this is going to be so much fun to lean into this new stuff and figure it out. And I don't have to give up the stuff I already love doing. So I, I was really jacked up about it. But here's what I know. Principle number one, boundaries still exist. They're still real. And what I mean by that is, hey, we're all mortal. Hey, we only have 24 hours in a day. Um, hey, we all still require sleep and all these other things to stay healthy. So real limits still apply for everybody. Uh, And so if you're trying to balance work and your family and your health and your other outside interests, you got to take that into account. Mm -hmm. So there are seasons where you can cheat a little bit and heavy up on one if you have to. You know, sometimes you do that when you got to get out of a ditch. You just can't do that forever. It's not sustainable. So you do have to begin by recognizing you have boundaries. I will say I'm I'm so fortunate that my wife, Mallory, she's just super supportive. And she'll work with me to kind of figure out where those boundary lines need Mm -hmm. to be. But i got to give her a shout-out for help. Mallory's great. Yes. So, And and the other thing about that, though, is you knew you had a supportive supportive wife. But I would say when John asked you to do this— you know, some people could go, what are you talking about? I'm already swamped and I'm, I've already got all this other stuff to do. You said, no, I was excited. Yeah. Part of the reason you were excited is that you knew there was a way that you could figure this out. Yeah. And a, uh, this would go to the second concept. Do you have a team? One of the reasons why I was so excited is I knew that I had an incredible leadership team already in place. Mm-hmm. And I'll give, uh, I want to acknowledge them. So I've worked for a long time with Amanda Norris. And then Kalila Cooper is on my team and Keith Lyons. And these are folks that they're superstar leaders. They're really, really good at what they do. And so one of the, the couple things that come out of that, that freed me up to be able to pull away a little bit from what I have been doing because they got it. There's, they don't need me to hold their hand. They're extremely capable in and of their own right. It also forces them to, to kind of step up and grow a little bit. And so I had some responsibilities that I was able to hand off to each of them to free up some of the capacity that I was going to need to do something else. Mm-hmm. So what I loved about it, when essentially John asked me to take on a new responsibility, it's, it's going to stretch me. There's some trickle down to that. Uh, and it could feel like, oh, you know, you're you're dumping something on me. I don't think that's the way they interpreted it. I think it felt like here's some more opportunity for you. Right. And that was huge. What I'd say though is if you don't have if you're not surrounded by that kind of team, you may not be able to take on more. You'll have to just trade off. So I didn't know I was gonna ask to do something else. It, it, often we're not. But building that kind of uh, team around you and and just being ready for the moment when it appears is huge. Mm -hmm. And not only that... The fact that you are able to say, I'm gonna, I can take on more, means that they're also having the opportunity to say that we can take on more. That's right. And, and they're doing it. And I'm, I'm, very, I'm not just excited for me. I'm excited for them. But I guess you know, the dismount on this would be your ability to expand 
your influence, your impact, um, it's, it's definitely governed by the strength of your team. Mm -hmm. I'm just blessed. I got a good one. So you have boundaries, you got a great team. What's next? I would say as I'm moving into this work, um, I'm just going to use the word clarity, have to get super clear. Um, we're doing some things that are new. What does success look like? So clarity can be, let's get super clear on the outcomes and we got a pretty good feel for that. I would tell you, we're still trying to zero in on exactly what those are. But the idea that the, the more clarity you have on the, on the front end, it definitely makes everything else that follows easy. Mm -hmm. So what does success look like? That's part of it. The other thing I would say is, all right, so what is my unique contribution to this work mm -hmm. or the role? Because I'm not doing it by myself. i got a lot of other people coming alongside to help. Right. What am I going to add? How do I help them be successful in it? Mm -hmm. So that's a that, that's a big piece of it. Did you when you provided clarity? Did you have a long term win and short term wins that allowed you to know? Here's how we're you know we're at the ten yard line. We're at the twenty yard line. Yeah. Well, great question. I would first say I'm not sure I provided clarity, but I helped us figure it out together. But yeah, great question. I, one of the things we're learning um, at Chick Fil A is we're, we're doing more agile project management, um, which means it's, it's a little of a less traditional approach born out of a lot of software development, but you do what we call sprints. And a sprint could be a weekly sprint. We're doing some that are two-week sprints. What that means is every two weeks, we set new objectives. We get to the end of that period, we assess how we do the last two weeks, and then we reset the objectives for the next two weeks. And so instead of just one big macro project plan, it's a series of a lot of smaller back-to-back -back project plans. And then in between those sprints, in many cases, they're everyday meetings. Like I've got a team that we're pulling together for next year, and we have a lot of long meetings at Chick-fil-A, but we didn't book a single meeting over an hour long next year. There's a lot of them, but they're short, sweet, quick, focused. That's part of the sprint. What prompted that? Just because, hey, we got to get a lot more done. We, we, we got to just have shorter meetings. It drives extreme focus. It, it makes you take something big, break it into the little parts and pieces, create momentum, get this piece done, then, then move on to the next. Now, you got to be smart about how you lay the sprints out because sequence matters. But I love the uh, just the focus that comes with it. There, there's an old principle, um, Lou Holtz, the Notre Dame football coach and then football broadcaster. I remember hearing him share this at a Chick-fil-A meeting ages ago. He talked about WIN, W-I-N, and he said that's an acronym for what's important now. And I've never forgotten that. And that's kind of what you're doing in a sprint. What needs to happen this month? What needs to happen this week? What needs to happen today? What needs to happen this morning? You've heard me say it before. You're just chunking stuff down. Mm -hmm. and, and I need that because I can, I can get overwhelmed and even stall out if something's so huge and I'm not quite sure where to, where to begin or what to do now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're just... You're trying to make, you're kind of making it up as you go along because you're not quite sure where this will ultimately land. How do you lead in some of that uncertainty? Well, A, don't act like you have it all figured out, mm -hmm. right? Because people see right through that. Right. So you just got to, there's no weakness. And in, in fact, I think people respect that kind of transparency. And you then just invite people into the discovery process with you. Here's what we do know. Um, so we get into a lot of charter and scope work. Those aren't necessarily sexy words, but let's kind of break down what that means. Charter would be, 
at the highest level, what are you being asked to do? What would success look like? What's the deadline that's being attached to this work? You get into scope, and scope um, breaks that down a little further. What's inbounds? What's out of bounds? We often hear the word scope creep. If you're not careful, you can be asked to do one thing, but you drift. And so if you can write out the scope, it will keep you honest. In the uh, creative world, like agencies, they use creative briefs. It's the same kind of process. It's just taking the time to plan and write out up front what the end will look like and allowing that to guide you. Mm -hmm. And to your question, if you don't know, write out what you know and just start leaning in a little bit and it's going to begin to unfold. Know that it can be messy. We talk a lot about design thinking anyway. You start with a premise, you prototype, right. you test, you go back and, and, and modify as you need to. That's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're, you're making progress nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Rare do, it's rare when you know everything you need to know about the end on the front end of the project. Right. And that leads me, I'd like to circle back to the top real quick because you, you talked about boundaries. And one of the things I've noticed is that as you take on more, you're not allowing that to, as best as you can, take away from your personal life. For example, I haven't seen in this new role that you've gotten or this new this take on more at Chick-fil-A, you're still committed to fitness and exercise, committed to your family. So how, do, how are you doing that? What, what are some, some boundaries around that to make sure that this isn't bleeding into to robbing you of that? So if you've listened to the podcast, you may have heard some of these concepts before, but I still think about blocking out time. And I do a lot of blocking at a, uh, I, I do it over the long haul, but then I'll come back and go week by week. What's this week look like? I still preserve blocks for my family. I still preserve a block very early in the morning for my whole early morning ritual, which includes workout and that kind of thing. And I go, here's my block for um, Chick-fil-A work. Now, if I need to add a little bit to that, I can go negotiate that with Mallory, or at least I negotiate it for these days, and she needs me to do something else other days. I work out all that with her, and that's why I wanted to thank her, because she's super um, supportive and you know very reasonable. But there are times when she needs me. So I figure that out, and I go, okay, if I only have this much time, how do I, how do I allocate it? So it's very top-down driven versus bottom-up driven. I don't like working from to-do list. I actually, I don't even call, I, I have something that others might call a to-do list. I don't call it a to-do list. I call it a task repository. Like, what's the difference? <laughs> it sounds, I mean, this is me getting OCD on everybody right now. But task repository just means I captured it. It's there. I have not even committed to doing it. There's nothing that says I have to do it. But it's there, so I didn't forget it because I don't trust myself at all to remember it. And then I'll work from the plan down and decide what is the critical thing that I need to do. And I'll go look at the task repository and pull the important stuff off. But if it's never making it over the important line, it may live and die on the task repository list. And one of the reasons I gave you that Christmas gift I gave you is that so yeah. you can write that down. But I, the thing I like about that is it frees up your brain so you're not thinking, oh, I got to remember that, I remember that. And then you're already spending energy. So you do a great job of writing that down. I would say also... Fitness or exercise, devotion, family, you're actually still working on it, even though you're not technically working on it. 
Yeah, say more about that. Well, I just know that sometimes I get my best ideas right after a run or right after a workout, and my brain is actually not thinking on it, and it relaxes in that margin. That's where the ideas can surface. Yeah. So I think we can feel guilty. I'm gonna. I probably should be at the office, but I'm in. You know, early, but I'm gonna work out. I actually think that is a part of working on it. Taking more. I just read Gary Vanderchuk's latest book, Crushing It, which yeah. I think is a sequel to Crush It. And he's so funny when he gets he gets you know on his little rants and everything. I did the audio book too. I'm, I'm so you you recommend that I'm doing it. I love how he stops. He goes, okay, I'm going to go off script now. He does. <laughs> and if you get the audio book, you get to hear it in his voice. So, right. um, but. He gets all over people. He goes, you're going to do all this. You can't sit on the airplane and play Candy Crush. All <laughs> you got to work. Yeah. And so it may mean that you're going to sacrifice some things that are not high priority. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you don't get to rest and relax, but he talks about people that are having to bust it for a season if they're really going to get something done. So this may be a period that is a little more intense than others. And I need ways to recharge my batteries too, mm-hmm. but I can't. I can't waste a lot of time doing silly stuff. Yeah. So let's recap where we are real quick. All right. We talked about boundaries. They still exist. So real limits apply. You got to make sure you sort of know where those boundary lines are in your life. Uh, you got to have a team because your ability to expand your your influence or your impact is going to be governed by the strength of your team. You need clarity. Uh, clarity on the outcomes, and then I think clarity on the role or the contribution you're going to make towards those outcomes. And then the next, if you're going to do this, is definitely uh, a stretching. You're going to it's going to stretch your capacities, and when you are stretched, it provides some pain. Yeah. So th- uh, there is a lady at Chick Fil A, Beth Pelfrey, who um, does a lot of people coaching, talent coaching. She's done general coaching in in the past. But she introduced this uh, principle that I, I've really come to um, just believe in, that if you think about growth, we used to think about how are you going to grow and develop at Chick-fil-A? And a lot of people thought, well, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go to a conference. And she said, you know, she drew this pie chart on the, on the board, and she says, that's a piece of it, but it's probably a little piece. The real growth is going to come from experiences that you have. And so... It really got me thinking about experiences. You put yourself in a situation where you feel very uncomfortable. You're kind of insecure. You haven't done it before. You don't know what it looks like. Um, You're moving out of a place that was a place of strength where you had experience. It was comfortable. And I just started thinking, wow, there's a lot to that. I go into this new arena. I, I really feel weird. And I have to get to the point where it feels comfortable, but it's a process. So that's getting stretched. Maybe the easiest way for me to explain it is think about doing something at the gym. You start out and it's really hard. You know, you can't run a mile, but you have a goal to run a, uh, a 10K as an example. Uh, you can't, um, you know, you can't do uh, 10 push-ups, whatever it may be. Use all kind of examples. What is hard can become easy. I remember I'd go to this CrossFit gym for a while and they would just talk about, you got to embrace the suck. (laughs) Like, okay, you got to do the thing you hate to do, do the thing that's hard and just get comfortable with it. And you know, the crazy thing is if you'll lean into it, you will. Yeah. If you embrace the suck, uh, the stuff that's hard gets easy. You're not intimidated by it anymore. You're not uncomfortable. You're not insecure. You feel really good about it. And that, 
that leads to growth. So if you will intentionally stretch yourself, if you will intentionally put yourself in tough spots, you're going to grow. And that growth is part of the, I think, the, the formula to just taking on more. Mm-hmm. That's a skill. And I think we have a, sometimes a, a feeling, especially among entrepreneurs, that once we try something new, we've got to be great at it. It's, you've never done it before. So you have to give yourself a little bit of freedom and margin to go, you know what? I've never done this before. No wonder I'm struggling with it. I've never done it before. Yeah. That's a great point. Uh, th- yeah. Perfection is not the goal here. And I, you know, I, I married into a family of avid snow skiers. So they took me snow skiing for the first time. And I, I, you know, I was frustrated that I didn't know how, but then I realized I've never done this before. Not only that, I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> we, we don't have snow here. So whatever that may be, you've got to get to the point where, hey, no, this is a stretching season for me. I'm learning. This is new for me. I'm struggling because it's new. But as David said, over time, you're going to develop those new muscles. Yeah, I think we've, we've done over 100 episodes of the Launch University podcast. I think on about 25 of them, we've referenced Carol Dweck's mindset book. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but she talks about a fixed mindset versus growth mindset, and that's it, it, what it goes back to. Henry Cloud writes around about how we grow. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you can't be locked up about perfection and how does this appear, and I'm wor- worried about my image. You really got to lean into the no. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna battle through the the tough spot, and I'm gonna acquire a new capability. Mm-hmm. You do that um, in some areas. It's interesting how it equips you to grow more readily in other areas too. There's just sort of a, a uh, I don't know a, a mindset, a skill, a, a capability that's transferable. Yeah, our mutual friend Mark Miller talks about going to the bookstore and getting a magazine of an area of interest that you normally have never read like yeah. fly fishing yeah and just trying to get that newness in into the into your into your system well i've i've shared a little bit about this but i sort of committed to just doing social experiments more yeah. that's just sort of my goofy word for let's just try stuff and and you said be comfortable you know that if if you fail i am you know some of it is like okay i'm never doing that again check but it's been fun just give it a go you never know do you try um, yeah, I remember, you may remember this, I don't know, three or four years ago, I entered a stand-up comedy. One of my goals yeah. was to do a stand-up comedy routine. And, uh, you know, it's five minutes and, you know, you're looking for jokes and it was, but you know, I, it was, it was fun, but it was, it stretched me as a communicator because I had to develop jokes more frequently in that five minute bit versus a 30 minute sermon or whatever. That kind of stuff would freak me out too. Like improv or... Um, yeah, improv is something totally different. But yeah. Mal- Mallory took me to dancing lessons. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, one time you and Shane and I did, went to a cooking school. Remember that? Yeah. So all, all, that, all that is really stretching your, your capacity to think and, and embrace new things. So finally, Dave, you talk about collaboration. Well, and I would say as you go about taking on more, you're probably going to have... Uh, to bring other people uh, into this work with you. And that's certainly the case at Chick-fil-A. I, would, I, I think more and more what we do cuts across an entire organization. And so for our listeners, they may be seeing that too. You don't just do things by yourself. You don't just do things in the context of even your functional team. You've got to reach out and work with others not only across your organization, but even outside the organization perhaps. 
So that's collaboration. And it forces you to say, well, what kind of partner am I? Mm -hmm. And you you ask a question that I love. I use it all the time now. Um, What's it like to be on the other side of me? So as we're cranking up work, I was with somebody yesterday and said, okay, I feel like we're we're putting a lot of pressure on you because we need a lot of help from you. Be honest with me. What's it like to be on the other side of us right now? And how can we get better? How, how can we make it easier for you to support us? So if we're, if I want to take on more, I need to be good at collaboration. I can't just, you know, um, run over people, leave folks on the side of the path. I got to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really appreciate, one of the many things I really appreciate you is you give great blunt feedback at times, but you take great blunt feedback as well. Oh, yeah. And you welcome it and you encourage people to give it to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I am comfortable with that. Um, in fact, I, I read your uh, your book draft and you uh, you had a note about that. I got a kick out of it. I go, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, is that You're what I'm You're in the no? book. And, but is that my brand? My brand equals <laughs> blunt? Oh, my gosh. Uh, honest, I, honest. Yeah, but you know, you have to figure out where does it come from. Yep. Is the motivation pure? Is my motivation if I share feedback? Because I am so for you, and I am so excited about your potential and where you could go next, and I, I, I want to help you. Now you have to be willing to receive it, right? But by the same token, when I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, oh, you got feedback from me? Are you kidding? That's like a gift, right? Because. My assumption is you're not trying to attack me. You're sticking your neck out to help me. Right. It's probably as uncomfortable for you to share it as it might be for me to hear it. Right. But my goodness, thank you. What a gift because you can help me. I got blind spots you might make me aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that's why I think it's super healthy. If you're going to grow, if you're going to take on more, giving and re- receiving feedback is probably going to be a big part of it. Oh, yeah. Unquestioned. So you're not to get into the details, but to, to wrap up, how long have you been in this new season of taking on more in this? And you've taken on more many, many times during your career at Chick-fil-A and beyond. But this particular journey. Yeah, I'd say we're just about 60 days in and, and honestly just trying to get our legs underneath us right now. So you know how the, the front uh, part of that work, it's 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 really messy. We're in the really messy stage just as we sort of get organized. I think we're going to get, we're about to get into a rhythm, uh, but we've been in that stage where we've been seeking clarity, mm-hmm. uh, pulling a new team together, trying to define roles, but, but we're getting there. So 60 days, and this is work that'll probably, you know, persist for the next, I don't know, couple of years. Have you, you know, we've heard about the first 90 days of anything is that, was there anything specific that you wanted to get done in these first 90 days or is it just, Hey, we're going to get some clarity on what, what the win is, as you said earlier. Well, I would say, um, there's a, a portfolio of work that we're about. Some of it has a really short leash from a timing standpoint. Like here's something we need you to do and you only have six months to do it. I actually like that because that forces, um, uh, engagement, clarity, energy, there's no time to waste. So I don't have the luxury of spending too much time getting formed up, but I think that's a good thing. I, I remember back in the days when we were kind of launching an, inter, an innovation practice at Chick-fil-A, one of the principles we learned from those that were really good at innovation was sometimes you want to force artificial constraints, extreme artificial constraints, and that could be like you have a very low budget 
or you have a very aggressive timeline or some other crazy constraint. You go, well, why would you do that? Because it forces you to think entirely different. And you get a breakthrough idea coming out of that. Right. Now, nobody's playing a game with us, um, uh, so they're not just trying to, you know, do it for for kicks. We got an aggressive deadline for a reason, and that's real sometimes. But I think it's healthy because it 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 does make you think differently. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so you think about that in your own personal life. Uh, put an extreme deadline on something. Mm-hmm. See if that gets you going. Yeah, I love deadlines in the in the fact that it just it it just drives a lot of that creativity um, and focus that you really need. You're the king of getting stuff done too. Like if you want to be on my new project team, I'll find a spot for you. (laughs) I might do that. Um, So speaking of taking on more, we think one of the ways people can take on more to create capacity is to subscribe to the launch university podcast, right? Amen. Yeah. And, and help, you know, bring somebody with you. We're just trying to spread the word. And one of the benefits of that is as more people come into the community, we get more feedback and they introduce us to other folks. And really, we're just trying to share a lot of content. So as, as sort of the, the community expands, there are more stories to tell. We learn about those stories. We get to share them with others. So if you right. got if you got great stories we need to know about, tee those up for us, too. And again, what we're trying to do here is to take good ideas, help you take your good ideas, turn them into reality and sustain them. And we saw a recent example of that, David, with Blake Canterbury with uh, Proposity. Yeah. And what he's doing to just really help people in need is, is fantastic. So I want to give Blake a shout out. And if you haven't downloaded the Proposity app, you can you can just download that on any of your app providers. And that's a in, in the other thing, you should listen to that episode as well, because Blake had a full-time job, but had this idea for Proposity. And what you're going to hear in his story and any other launcher on our podcast is how they were able to leverage that full-time job to take on more and then transition to build that bridge. And that word is a combination of purpose and generosity. Right. I heard him say that on the podcast. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So for all you launchers out there, thanks for your willingness to take on more. And Dave, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing this with us. And maybe we can circle back. Obviously, you can't get into top secret details here, but we'd love to circle back just kind of see how you're doing along the way as the, as the year plays out. Love it. Yeah. So as always, please subscribe to the podcast. And the other thing, David, I would encourage folks to do is to follow us on Instagram at Launch University and uh, just comment back. You follow us, we'll follow you. And uh, wherever Shane Benson and Kevin Jennings are, uh, we wish them well as well. Today. Always. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we've got a great list of guests and uh, a lot of great topics coming up in the year ahead. So we're very excited about that. So thanks for being a part of it. And we'll see you next time right here at Launch University. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.